You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Hello and welcome to Dad in the Trenches. Greetings, this is Aaron. And today, yes today, I'm very excited. Uh, we are releasing a new logo for Dad in the Trenches that has three very important tenets for what Dad in the Trenches is becoming and the vision behind Dad in the Trenches. And I'm going to unpack those for you today. So I'm excited to get to be with you. For those of you that are first-time listeners, a very special welcome to you. Um, normally for Dad in the Trenches, uh, it's less me and more guest-driven. I interview dads from all different walks and spectrums of life, and uh, each with their own unique experience, and they're just looking at fatherhood from a different side of the coin. And so uh, the intent there is to bring challenge, encouragement, equipping for, for all of us dads in the trenches, uh, as none of us have this thing figured out. Um, but occasionally I jump in and tag in, and today is just, it's a big deal that um, Dad in the Trenches has a new logo and kind of a new focus for some of uh, what you're going to be seeing in the future as well. So excited to be with you. Um, one other quick just housekeeping item that I want to touch on before we dive in. Uh, I, I get this question uh, pretty frequently, and so um, the question of why do you release a podcast every other week? Why not do every week like so many do? It's a multifaceted answer, but one of which is, I don't know about you all, but I've, I don't know, I've subscribed to 20 plus podcasts. I can't listen to them all in a week and continue to just like have a normal life without having my head headset on and listening to something. So um, as well as, you know, COVID has got me at home more, so I'm not on the road as much listening to things when I normally would, you know, consume certain content. Um, so that's that's one reason. It's just, honestly, I'm trying to do us all a favor in that uh, your consumption of content and or Dad in the Trenches and or other podcasts you may listen to, um, you know what, like, just have a little bit of a breather in there. The second is, and this is something that I'm actually pretty pretty set and passionate about is I don't like the commoditization of podcast guests. So many, and I feel this pressure too as a as someone who runs a podcast of, you know what, like, okay, the next deadline, who who do I need to fill this slot with, or what's the next uh what's the next podcast going to be? Feeling that pressure, and and sometimes of you know, trying to take on guests or search for new guests that quite honestly it's more about just filling a slot than it is about what they have to bring and who they are and valuing them. And so um, just I hope you guys hear the heart and the spirit behind that is 
I really value our guests and what they bring. And I'm really looking for guys that are going to add value to you, um, spur you on to your works and good deeds, and spur you on, encourage you, and challenge you all as dads, as as husbands, as followers of Jesus. Part of that is having a, an every other week rotation. One, it allows you to catch up if you haven't. <laughs> Uh, but also, too, it just allows for some space for the guests. So when they have, when I have released an episode, they've got a full, you know, two weeks before before the next release comes out, and that's just to honor them and and not so they're just another churn in the you know onto the next podcast. I hope you guys uh, hear that and can appreciate that about what our guests bring. I truly do, you know, if they've got a platform, if they've got a book, if they've got a resource, I truly do hope that you check that out because um, I'm bringing them to the table because I think there's going to be something for you all as dads in the trenches. So those are kind of some of the main reasons behind really why the every other week release. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you all that have subscribed I appreciate you all that even, you know, on social media are throwing in comments that participated in contests for some of the resources of the, um, you know, books that some of our guests have, all those things. Um, That means a lot because the guests mean a lot to me and that you all value them is of utmost importance because honestly, I mean, we could binge on Christian content, you know, 24 hours a day now. And it's like, you know what, we need to create a little bit of space here so it's not just about dad in the trenches. It's never just about dad in the trenches. It's never just about me. It's about Jesus and what he's done. And so our guests helping move us closer to to that, as well as giving us practical life examples and advice and wisdom that they've learned in their walks with Jesus, that's what's important. So I hope you all hear my heart behind that. And uh, as always, I appreciate your support. Okay, so let's um, let's shift gears here, and uh, I just want to talk about the new logo. The Lord just kind of burdened my heart about some things earlier this year, and uh, really just burned my heart with these three words: purpose, presence, and progress. Conveniently, I'll start with P. Um, so that that sounds fluid and nice, but but there's such depth behind each word, and I'm going to unpack those for us today, give us some scripture references, some things like that. So I hope you, uh, if you have a notepad, awesome. Uh, if not, don't worry, and hope you're connected with us on social, because I'm going to be unpacking each of these words and more of this as we go along in the weeks to come, for sure. So, But purpose, being the first tenet, entails four things. Vision, provision, bestow, I know funny word bestow, and then love. And and ultimately, uh, let's start with the first one. Ultimately, vision. This is part of our purpose. If if we as dads, if we don't have a vision and we don't have a purpose, if there's not vision behind our purpose and what we're doing, then we're going to walk around aimlessly. So many of us, whether it's in our leadership journey, whether it's in business, uh, and as fathers, we're accidental. And we have to be living intentional lives, and that requires purpose, and that requires a vision for where we're going. If you don't have a vision for where you're going as a father and what you're about, you're going to wander around aimlessly. Um, 
And so I'm going to hit you all with a couple of verses here that uh, are crucial for you to have and understand for vision as a father. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And so here's the, here's the trick. This verse so often times we, we focus on the teach your children diligently. Absolutely, that is part of the vision. Hear me say that. But the other two verses before that actually talk about you loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I commune today shall be on your heart. So as dads, we go first. As the father goes, so goes his family. I know I've, <laughs> I've posted about that a lot, but it's true. As we go, so go our family. If we don't have a vision for where we're going with our life with Jesus, then how in the world can we expect our families and our kids to know where they're going? And so then the last half of the passage, you shall then teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. This is full life discipleship. And so this is part of our vision and our charge is we love the Lord ourselves and then we also impart that to our kids. Here's the other, uh, another verse, Psalm 127, 4 through 5. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And so, how do you see your kids? This is part of vision. How do you see your kids? Are they just, as Bill Cosby once said, we just want to have some kids we could send off to college. No, that's, that is definitely not the vision, right? If you're a follower of Jesus, the vision is your kids are arrows. You're the warrior, and you're going to expertly and precisely shoot them at a target. So you have to have a target. You have to have arrows that are sharp, that have been made true, that you've trained yourself with skill on how to shoot. All these things combine in your children are arrows you're going to send out into the world at some point in time. You're, and you're blessed having them in your quiver. So, also part of the vision, knowing what you're doing, what their purpose is, and what your purpose is for them. To shoot them into the world with precision and make sure that they're sharp, that they're arrows. And Proverbs 22.6, we hear this one. This one's pretty pretty famous. <laughs> Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Dovetails right back into the Deuteronomy passage, right? So there is a training up that is necessary for us as dads that we train up our kids. We can't train up what we ourselves don't know and don't possess. We can't give away what we don't possess in that regard. And so... Dads, this is your vision. How are you doing life with the Lord? What are you giving yourself to? Uh, podcast guests several uh, uh, several iterations ago, Joe Prim, he was like, so many dads are just chauffeurs going from one event to the next. Like, how is that discipleship? I know sports is a big topic and a big big issue for a lot of people, but it's like, 
If your kids see you idolizing sports and a sports team and all you do is ever talk about it, all you do is ever spend your money on it, all you ever do is being there, like what do you expect from them? Well, they're going to want to be in sports. They're going to want to be the fan as well. They're going to want to, you know, all these things. I know so many more men and I've seen so many more men that are very comfortable raising their hands in celebration of a touchdown at a football game. But when they're with the body of Christ, have their hands in their pockets when we're worshiping and we're praising him. It's like this is not how it should be. This is not the vision that lines up with our purpose as dads. You have to love the Lord your God. And if that means you throw off idols and you throw off idols, if that means you got to step back from some things and reevaluate either activities or ways that you're giving yourself to certain things, then you got to do it because that is grabbing hold of your purpose as a dad and what the Lord is wanting from you. Okay, second point under purpose, provision. This is pretty obvious. Money and taking care of our household and keeping a roof over our heads and providing for food and all that sort of thing. Of course, that falls in there. But there's a provision aspect that is safety, and that's emotional safety, it's physical safety, the provision that comes from a father who knows his purpose, and part of his purpose is provision. Notice in the three tenets, I didn't have provide or provision in there. It's because that should be a given, that that's actually part of purpose. God has established us and set us as the provider for our family, but that's part of our purpose. That's part of the God-given purpose that we serve is providing money, providing a roof over our heads, all that. But the safety and emotional safety, physical safety, I think as dads we mostly get the physical safety aspect to some degree. Emotional safety, definitely not as much, and we're actually going to talk a little bit more about that in another tenet as well, but understanding that your provision is more than just money. Third item, bestow. I know, funny word, seems kind of odd, don't quite get it necessarily, but part of your purpose, dovetailing back into Deuteronomy 6, is to bestow on your kids what it means to be loved, what it means to be, if it's a boy, what it means to be a man, if it's a girl, does it mean to be a woman? Like how you treat them, how you live your life imprints. There's a there is some sort of a spiritual component of your authority and your dominion as dad that imprints on your kids, and that's both good or bad. And so, how you bestow on them what it means to be a child of God? How do you bestow on them what it means to be loved by their father? What do you bestow on them in the way of their identity? How do you bestow on them certain aspects of morality, of character, of competence? All these things. Your purpose is to bestow these things on them. And then the fourth thing is, is love. Part of your purpose is to love. That sounds maybe a little gushy, a little soft, but no. Um, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a claiming symbol. If I have a prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have 
all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. This is simply pointing to the fact that love seeks the highest possible good. Like we can do all of these things, but if we don't have love, then we're nothing. And so part of our purpose is to love our kids well. You're familiar with the rest of 1 Corinthians 13, I'm sure. Love is patient, love is kind, you know, keeps no records of wrongs. All that goes into that. And that is part of modeling that and also pouring that out on your kids. But if we don't have love, then none of the training that we're doing, none of the provision, none of the aspects that we're going about trying to bestow on them are going to come across right. It's not going to land right if it's not grounded. It's not rooted and grounded in love. Because their highest possible good is to be loved and loved with the intensity that the Father wants for them. And so these four aspects, vision, provision, bestow, and love, these all wrap up into purpose. And so the question for you dads is, do you fall in line with this purpose? Do you understand this? Do you feel this? Do you know this? There's a lot of us that are great um, great providers, but we actually don't have vision. Like, we work ourselves to death, and we flop on the couch at the end of the day or the weekend or whatever, and we don't seek to love well. We don't work to provide uh, an emotionally safe environment, um, or we just flat out lack the vision. We give ourselves to other things than tending to our own souls and life with God and the life of God of our kids. I know it may be strong stuff, but this is all true. This is part of purpose. Okay, let's shift to the second thing, second tenant. Presence. Okay, really this falls into three things, physical, emotional, and spiritual. I'm going to read um, I'm gonna read two things to us. One is Proverbs 17, 6. And this one confused me for the longest time, and then the Lord brought clarity. It says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their fathers. I was like, yeah, I, I get that. Grandchildren are the crown of aged. So many grandchildren are so excited when the grandchildren finally come. You know, they've, they've raised their kids, their kids are out of the house, and oh, now the grandbabies come, and there's such excitement around that. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. Grandparents wear that crown and love to show off that crown. I totally get that. But then it says the glory of children is their fathers. And I was always confused. Why is that? Because it seems like it's backwards. It should say the glory of, ch of fathers is their children. But it actually says the glory of children is their fathers. I could never understand that. And then I had kids. <laughs> and especially now that my kids are kind of in the 6 to 12 age range. Like, the way they look at me and the way that they love me, the way that they try and spoil me, and the ways that they... I'm like a superhero to them in so many ways, and undeservedly so. <laughs> undeservedly so. But they love me. The glory of my kids is me. They see me as such as a blessing to them. It's, it's like I'm the crown that they wear. It's super important to understand. And so, knowing that, that we as fathers are the glory of our children, we're their superhero, 
requires presence, which is physical, emotional, spiritual. And I want to read, um, I'm going to take a few minutes. This is a page and a half of reading here, but this is out of a book uh, called Wild Things, The Art of Nurturing Boys by Stephen James and David Thomas. I have this on the resource tab if you all want to check out the book. Um, it's bent towards boys, but this commentary actually is applicable for both boys and girls. And so <clears throat> I'm just going to read this for a minute, um, giving them all the credit on this. This is none of my thoughts, but this is such a beautiful summary uh, and help us understand the importance of presence and what has shifted over the years that I just, I was floored and I wanted to share it with you guys. So um, this is called from a section called A Brief History of Daddydom. <laughs> Um, okay, so it says, uh, in order for the, a father to nurture the heart of his kids on his heroic journey, uh, on their heroic journey, the dad must first be present. Now that seems obvious, but too many fathers are out of the picture, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. Too many dads, because of their own emotional isolation, psychological underdevelopment, spiritual immaturity, are AWOL. Frank Pittman summarizes the cultural shift in fatherhood over the last two centuries in a 1993 Psychological Today article. Again, this is 1993. He says this, For a couple of hundred years now, each generation of fathers has passed on less and less to his kids. Not just less power, but less wisdom and less love. We finally reached a point where many fathers were largely irrelevant in the lives of their, of their children. That's the end of that section. He said, and then they continue. That's a strong statement, but we happen to agree with it. Fathers are less relevant, have less authority, and are less involved than ever before. About the time of the first industrial revolution, that's circa 1760 through 1830, what we think about fathers in our society began to change considerably. The industrial revolution marked a fundamental shift in human social history. The effects spread first throughout Western Europe and North America, eventually affecting most of the world. The impact of these changes on society was enormous. Almost every aspect of life was influenced, from how we got our food, to how we learned, to how we got our clothes, to how we raised our children. As the economy shifted from primarily agrarian to industrial, from rural to urban, somebody had to leave the farm and go to work. And that was, usually, dad. As fathers began traveling to the city for work, their families were lucky to see them during the week. Some would be absent from home for long stretches, only to show up on weekends or for a few days a month. Even when the entire family would relocate to the city to be closer to the factory, the father was away from home all day, working instead of working around the farm as he once did. As a result, Pittman argues, masculinity ceased to be defined in terms of domestic involvement. Interesting comment. As fatherhood became less relational, it began to be measured in terms of provision. Again, remember back to purpose. Provision is part of it, money, but it's not the full picture. Fatherhood became less relational, became measured in terms of provision, because these absentee or simply employed dads were no longer around to teach their sons and relate to their sons and their children when they were around home and the farm. They became primarily providers. Fathers had to find other ways to become involved when they were home. Along with being providers, fathers became disciplinarians. Wait till your father gets home. And spectators. Oh, show daddy what you did today. A father's place in the family was now determined by his status and his economic prowess 
not by the character of his heart. Dad had left to, quote, quote, conquer the world. He was no longer home to lead his family. As fathers focused more and more on earning money, nurturing children became the work of the woman. And, quote, boys began to grow up without fathers, end quote. Not much has changed socially and economically in the last 150 years. The children of our generation still grow up with the idea that a father's place is at work and that they should not want or expect anything more from him. I'm going to read that again. And that they should not want or expect anything more from him. The problem is that kids do want and expect more. They want more emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. There's more to that, but that's where I'm going to stop in reading for for um, these purposes. Our kids need our presence, dads, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We are the glory of our children. And I know some of you out there are single dads, and so custody of kids is a, is a sticky thing and having presence. So what that means is when you are with your kids, it's game on. And I think most of you understand that and get that. Especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're looking for tools and things to help you for sure. And I absolutely applaud you for not checking out. Uh, I know others who have. And then for those of you that are married, you know, the family's intact. Uh, again, same thing applies though. <laughs> you can just, you can have even more physical time available, but still be emotionally and spiritually absent. And so, the challenge is how do you how do you be present in all of those things your kids desire you emotionally spiritually psychologically so being able to give that to them provide that for them again having vision that it's look the spiritual development of your kids is of utmost importance and is something that you need to take seriously you don't get to just delegate that to a youth pastor on a Sunday or a Wednesday night. It means that you're actively, as Deuteronomy, we're talking about, we're living these things out day in and day out. We're training, we're teaching them to our kids. And so, how are you doing with presence, dads? Same thing emotionally. How are you able to be, do your kids know and sense your heart presence? It's not just dads here. But I know he's engaged. I know he's emotionally present with me. I know he loves me. These things are pouring out of him. How are you connecting that with your kids? So that even though you may be physically present, you're not emotionally absent. I know that's challenging for so many of us. But that is why this is a tenet, is we have to understand that our presence, our physical, emotional, and spiritual presence is to be a blessing to our kids. So how do we do each of those well within the context of where we are. And lastly, we're talking about progress here. And so there's three things that fall under progress. This is character, this is healing, this is knowing God. So I'm going to hit you with a, a handful of verses here that go into all this and then talk about these as well. But 
Um, first character. I'm going to read. This is the passage out of Luke 8, 4 through 15. Tad lengthy, but I read a longer chapter out of the book here for you guys. You can hang in there. When a great crowd was gathered and and people from the town came to him, Jesus said in a parable, Look, a sower went out to sow his seed. As he was, and as he sowed, some, some of the seed fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns. Thorns grew up and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. It's a reference to the prophets. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, those are, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. The fruit does not mature. As for those in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. This is very much about character. Um, this is about what is your the good heart, and I submit to you that character is is part of the tilling of the soil of your heart. You can have hard ground, you can have tilled up ground, you can have ground that's you've removed the weeds and the stones and all those things, part of the tilling process, and that's part of the journey he's taking you on in life is to get you to become the good soil and so that you have character. And this is part of progress as a tenant. So we're about progress in our life. Well, unfortunately, we can't achieve perfection on this side of heaven. So knowing that, we measure things in terms of progress. And just like he said, are we bearing fruit? What's happening with what happens with the seed in our lives? Is it getting choked out? Is it getting snatched away? Is it falling among the thorns? Or is it hitting good soil and bearing fruit with patience? So, aspect of life is character development. I'm going to read to you also uh, Jeremiah 2, 12 through 13. Part of this dovetails back in with vision, but part of it is also just character. This is Jeremiah uh, speaking on behalf of the Lord, he says, Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You may be asking, well, what does that have to do with character? Well, it has to do with this. Character is in knowing your place, knowing that the fountains of living waters come from him and that 
no amount of our efforts and us trying to gut it out, being a self-made man, and trying to do all the right things, and finding our own source of joy and money, or sports, or success, all these things, that's us hewing out cisterns for ourselves. It's digging pits hoping to find water. But these are broken cisterns that can hold no water. For it's not the living water. And so this is part of character. This is part of us learning that all of our fountains are found in Him. And that's part of the tilling of our hearts to get to good soil. Is knowing where our true fountain of life comes from. Second aspect under progress I'm going to hit on here is knowing God. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 is one of the scariest verses and passages in the Bible to me. Jesus is talking. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So Jesus is pointing to something here that's incredibly important. <laughs> if you all have listened to uh, this last podcast with John Eldridge, um, there's a quote in there from... Uh, one of his books that I read, it says, uh, it's about God talk and doing God stuff makes you feel like you know God, but actually is not the same thing as intimacy with God. This very much is the same, same thing, what Jesus is pointing to here. He says, look, there's plenty of people who prophesy in your name, who do miracles, cast out demons, all these things. It seems to be like it's the will in the will of the Father, but he's actually interested in in knowing us. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me. It's like knowing God is so important. He values it even higher than doing things for him. And so knowing him is of utmost importance. And this is part of our progress, the tenet of progress, is we have to learn to know God. Our character is part of we're tilling, we're gaining humility, so we're not trying to find our own fountains. Our fountains are in Him. And now, I need to know God. I need to know His voice. John 10, my sheep hear my voice. They follow me. Psalm 23, all the imagery from Psalm 23 about being led by Him, Him restoring our souls, all of those things of utmost importance as part of progress. We're not going to get it right from the beginning, but it's a progress of knowing him, hearing his voice, develops our character, all those things. And then the third point uh, under progress is healing. And this is also progressive, right? Uh, we've all gone through life and trials and troubles and got beat up along the way, had bad upbringings, had abuse, uh, church abuse, <laughs> uh, all sorts of things. And it's uh, healing is part of the progress that we go through. Second Chronicles um, seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so 
there's there's several things here of that are interwoven in this scripture between character, knowing him, receiving healing. Like we need to humble ourselves so it's not all about us and us, what we can do. We turn from our wicked ways as we know him as he convicts us. He'll hear us, he'll forgive us, he'll heal us. Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So right there, he's pointing it out again to us. Like, knowing him, knowing who he is, his character, all these things, they begin to bring healing for us. And so, um, two things for you in healing. If you've, if you've experienced stuff in your life that you're still processing or suppressing, you need to process that. You need to get it out. Whether it's with a counselor, whether it's with a friend, it's a spouse, someone, you need to start processing that out because it'll show up in anger or abuse, pornography, uh, other destructive habits, and you need to get that out. You need to remove any strongholds that have been created in your life through circumstances and bad events. And then two, learn to begin to know the voice of God because there's nothing more healing than when you hear him speak to you, when he kindly leads you, to repentance, when he kindly leads you to uh, conviction, when he kindly leads you in a gracious way through life that's of benefit to both you and your family. Because being someone uh, who is healed, again, as the Father goes, so goes his family. If you're healed to where you're not dealing with some strongholds, anxieties, root issues, all these things, when you're healed and walking in the fullness of of what he is now providing and promoting you in, then it's a huge blessing to your family. And so my encouragement for you guys is begin seeking to know God, to hear his voice, and then also to, to work through the healing that's necessary for you. Okay, so I'm going to recap these. This has been a lot. Um, but the three tenets that we're rolling out, they're now branded on the logo. Purpose, presence, and progress. So purpose involves your vision, involves provision, bestowing, and loving. Presence is all three, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Progress involves shaping of your character, knowing God, and walking in healing. I hope these have been helpful for you. I'm going to continue to unpack these on social media, on the Instagram, uh, in the weeks to come. So be looking for those as well. Um, as always, I welcome your your comments and feedback. Uh, direct message on Instagram is awesome. Comment something uh, on Instagram as well on any of the posts. You can always email me at hello at dadinthetrenches.com. Um, and, you know, if you're a longtime listener, if you've enjoyed uh, season two so far with the podcast, as always, please, if you haven't already, uh, tap a star, give us a five star rating if you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you so feel inclined, leave a comment. Um, I always, as I've said in the past, 
like for those that may be new for Dad in the Trenches, it's actually really helpful to read through comments. Uh, you know, throw in, hey, I loved this episode recently. You should check this out. Um, just helpful for our dads to know, you know, give them a place to start. Give them something that was impactful for you. Super encouraging. So uh, I'm going to close it up here. Um, excited for what's to come in the future as well. Uh, we've got some more great podcast guests lined up and um, just appreciate you all and how you're walking forward in your fatherhood. Just the very fact that you're here, that you're looking for a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement, um, it says something about you. It says something about you, Dad, and very much about your character and about you seeking healing and seeking ways to know God and so um, gaining new vision. So you're already living in certain ways and seeking this purpose, this presence, this progress. So I'm incredibly thankful for you and um, and appreciate you. As we close, I'm just going to take a minute now and pray for us. So Father, I simply thank you for all the listeners. I thank you for um, how they're influencing their family. I thank you for the fact that they're here listening even now. They're trying to glean anything that they can to help them along the journey. And I pray that these are not my words, but that they're your words and that you inspire and encourage and equip and challenge them, God, to continue to walk forward, to continue to know you, to be influenced by you, and uh, to walk out purpose and presence and progress in their life, in the life of their family. Would you bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time in a couple of weeks. Until then, be safe and God bless. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Battle on, dads, and walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.